Welcome to our study of Hebrews chapter 6. We've been talking about this most difficult passage and some of the translation problems in it. I want to read today from the New Revised Standard Version, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, let us go on toward perfection, leaving behind a basic teaching about Christ and not laying again the foundation, repentance from dead works, and faith toward God, instruction about baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And we will do this if God permits, for it is impossible to restore again to repentance those who have once been enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away, since on their own they are crucifying again the Son of God and are holding him up to contempt. Now, in yesterday's program, we talked about the word repentance. It's found twice in this section. In verse 1, where it talks about repentance from dead works, and in verse 4, where it says it's impossible to restore again to repentance. Now, in Hebrews chapter 6, the writer talks about repentance from dead works, works, that is, that can't save. What were these dead works? Well, the writer in Hebrews 9.14 seems to be referring to the law of the Old Testament upon which the people were relying. And that verse reads, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God. I think that's a clear reference to the works of the Old Testament. And Paul the Apostle himself made reference to these works in Romans chapter 9, verse 30. What then are we to say? Gentiles who did not strive for righteousness have attained it, that is, righteousness through faith. But Israel who did strive for the righteousness that is based on the law, did not succeed in fulfilling that law. Why not? Because they did not strive for it on the basis of faith, but as if it were based on works. Well, these are the dead works. They couldn't give life. No one could get life by keeping the law. Paul wrote to the Galatians and said, if there had been a law given which could have given life, then righteousness would have been by the law. So the writer said they could not obtain righteousness. Now, our author uses the same noun, repentance, again in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17. Listen to it. He's talking about Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal, and he writes, for you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance of repentance, though he sought it with tears. That story is recorded in Genesis chapter 25. And later in Genesis 27, Isaac, the father, was deceived into blessing Jacob instead of Esau. This blessing was irrevocable, and Esau could not have his birthright restored. Esau desired to change his mind about his birthright, but it was too late. It having been given to his brother, he could find no place of repentance. 
and that describes his sad state. He couldn't change his mind, in other words. Now, repent is found one more time in Hebrews. It's in chapter 7, verse 21, and it refers to the Lord not changing his mind. None of these uses of the word repent deals directly with salvation. Why do we insist on interpreting Hebrews 6 in relation to salvation? Well, there are reasons. It says if they fall away or commit apostasy, and that sounds bad, but there is no if in the Greek. Instead, we have a participle here, and it should read, and have fallen away, or saying they have fallen And this is a major mistranslation of most Bibles, including the King James Bible and the Revised Standard Version. And this error can be traced to the Tyndale Bible of 1525 and the Geneva Bible of 1560. Some translation give this word as apostasy, as we discussed earlier. And many books and Bible teachers will tell you the same. Or they'll tell you that we get our word apostasy from the Greek word here in Hebrews 6.6. But this is not the Greek word apostasia found twice in the New Testament. One time in 2 Thessalonians 2.3 where it talks about there will be a falling away first. The word here is the participle form of parapipto, which The exhaustive theological dictionary of the New Testament by Kittle states, Parapipto does not mean to fall away, but to offend, to fall, or to sin. Another reason why people introduce salvation into the text of Hebrews 6 is the phrase, Since they crucify the Son of God on their own account and put him to an open shame which also can be translated, or exposing him publicly. Now, most of us don't know what that means. Some say it means to sin after we believe and are baptized. Others say it means to hear the gospel and then reject Christ as the Jews did during Christ's ministry. I suggest that the context of the entire book of Hebrews recommends another meaning, that of falling in the sense of returning to the practices of Judaism, including animal sacrifices. This, I propose, puts Christ to an open chain, because the animal sacrifice implies the insufficiency of our Savior's sacrifice. It suggests that his blood was not adequate to deal with sin. Sin alone does not put Christ to an open shame, nor does it re-crucify him. After all, you can sin and not even be seen in your sin. So how does that shame Christ? So I don't think this has anything to do with sin at all or salvation. Now remember the emphasis of chapter 10, which we referred to earlier, that Christ offered himself once for all time. It tells us of a single sacrifice that has perfected the believer for all time. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 said, For it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Now I ask, why should the writer tell a believer these things? Because there might have been a falling back to Judaism and its animal sacrifices as a supplement 
had Jesus sacrificed. If a person did something like this today, we'd say, well, he's just doing it for insurance, just in case trusting Christ alone is not enough. Well, anyone who wants insurance in case Jesus didn't do enough does not really believe in Jesus as the Savior. Such a person has a real problem with faith, for when you believe in Jesus Christ, you abandon everything else that you thought might possibly help you get to heaven. That's faith in Christ. It's exclusive. You trust nothing else in addition to him. Now, just as believers in Galatia fell from the principle of living by grace, so some of these believing Hebrews apparently had fallen back into the ceremonial practices of Judaism. And as long as they continue to do that, it means that they believe in the spiritual value of such rituals, and it is impossible to renew them to repentance, to a change of mind. He didn't say it was impossible to renew them to salvation. Repentance, as we have shown, does not mean salvation. It means to change your mind. Now, the reason given for the impossibility of renewing them to a change of mind concerning Christ is given in verse 6, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh. How can one change a Jew's mind about the efficacy of the sacrifice of the Son of God when he has taken this dramatic step back to Judaism and is depending on the rituals of the law to help him? As long as he does that, he can't be renewed to repentance. The American Revised Version suggests by its translation the same interpretation I am presenting here today. In summary, then, my preferred understanding of this text is that it deals with people who did believe, but who have been persuaded to again depend upon the rituals of Judaism, perhaps as insurance. I don't like to run away from textual problems. So many students have a problem with born of water in John 3, and they want to change water to the word to solve their problem. Now, that may be an escape. We ought to attempt an explanation that doesn't change the meaning of the word water. Let it be natural water. Natural water in the pregnant woman, as the context suggests. We do the same in Galatians chapter 5, where we read about falling from grace, and we see that as losing salvation. So, we are in a dilemma. Now, face up to it. Falling from grace is a departure from the God-given principle of living by grace and falling back to the law. The context of Galatians 5 is not salvation, and that subject should not be forced into the text. Well, neither does Hebrews chapter 6 deal with salvation. It concerns growth and Christian progress, even though verses 7 and 8 suggest judgment and fire. These are only an illustration taken from farming to point out what is to be expected from a believer. It does not attempt to explain the passage before it. Now, the major problem so many people face in interpretation is the definition of words. In our teaching, we may mean one thing, but the listener has another meaning, so we need to define words. Look what has happened to the word baptism. 
So many Bible teachers say that it means to dip. That's alien to how the Greeks use the word. Another case is the word atonement. Which word is in the Old Testament? That means to cover sin. And we apply that word to Jesus Christ, but he never covered sin. He washed away sin. Consider the word church. We call a building a church, but the Bible never does. The Bible uses the word church to refer to people, and mostly Christian people, but not necessarily. So you see how important it is before we can decide what a passage means that we look up all possible meanings of the various words in the text. Then we can see what the possibilities might be, and that often is a way to resolve a problem passage. Now, can it be that Jewish believers were drawn back into Judaism by false teachers or by being influenced to rely on the law of Moses again for their righteousness? Of course, it's happening today and it happened then. Most people have heard about the word grace, but not many could stand up for five minutes and talk about grace, yet it's found 155 times in the New Testament. The Radio Bible Course has written a booklet entitled Grace. We'd like to send it to you without cost. You'll learn what the Bible says about grace, how we are saved by grace, but also, just as important, how we ought to live by grace. Send for your free copy today. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calabota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.